Thank you guys so much for listening to the Family Worship Center podcast. This podcast is our weekly messages that happen at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday here at Family Worship Center. Don't forget to check out our website at myfwc.tv and follow us on all social media. If one of these messages touched you in some way, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on our website or on any of our social media pages. Simply put, we exist to partner with God in changing the quality of families' lives. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, how many knows we had a little more rain? You know, my dad used to say something about rain. He said, when we, we get a lot of rain and times we usually don't get as much, he said it's for the months following. So I believe the rain is falling for the months following. July, August, September, and I believe there will be moisture in the ground for whatever's needed in the natural and the physical. Look at your neighbor and say it's Father's Day. You know, this thing started, I think, in 1908. A lady in Oregon uh, decided that she'd push forth to honor her father because they'd already been honoring mothers, and uh, we appreciate that. But how I many knows every day is Father's Day in the kingdom of God? Amen? Well, we're going to talk about today a father's place and a father's role. And if you turn to Genesis chapter 1 with me this morning, we're going to be talking about what the Lord says about being a father. And uh, I just want to encourage you that this could be a tremendous day of forgiveness. Genesis chapter 1. You might have had a tough upbringing. Maybe you had a father that was abusive, um, absent. Maybe you had a father that uh, ran out on you and your family. Uh, or maybe you had a great father. Maybe you had a father that was always there, that was always faithful. Uh, I just want to encourage you today, this could be a breakthrough day to forgive those in your life who have been abusive. Forgive those fathers who possibly did not know or maybe were more negligent on their own behalf. Uh, It would be a great day to forgive those fathers who have been in those situations. And how many knows it's a brand new beginning when we forgive, we get to start all over, Amen? amen? Aren't you glad that God gives us new mercy and a fresh beginning every day? And I'm excited about that. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1 today because we're going to be looking at some things of what God calls a man and a father to be. We're going to be looking at how we're called to be a leader. Everybody say a leader. We're called to be a leader of our home. And if you failed in that capacity area, if you come up short, I'm encouraging you today, men, to say, Father, forgive me. I hope my wife forgives me, my children, but I'm going to start all over today. And I'm going to become that leader, that servant leader you call me to be. Also, God's called us to be a lover, and we're going to talk about loving God and loving our mates and loving our children, our friends, and also a provider, a provider. Now, today, there's many, many single-parent households, and many times, there are women leading those households, and they have to work, and um, they do what they can do, and sometimes there's there's women and fathers both working, dual workers, but it still never negates the place of the man being the leader, the servant, the lover. The provider. We'll talk about the fight to be a father. There's a fight to be a father. The enemy has come against the family so exclusively around the world and especially in America to try to disrupt the family and try to divide the family and try to confuse people what family really looks at, looks like, and what God has them to be. So we're going to be looking at some different things. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. God said, Let us make man in our image, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. According to our likeness, let them have dominion. Everybody say dominion. Dominion. 
over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and everything that crawls or creeps upon the earth. So God created man to have dominion, oversight, be in authority. How many knows through Jesus Christ we have authority in the spirit realm? We have authority. My people perish for what? Lack of understanding, lack of knowledge. We have authority in Christ, and that's what we're... One of our small groups is, is on the authority of the believer. It says also, it says, God created him, male and female, he created them. So first there was the male, then the female out of the male. Verse 28, and then God blessed them. Everybody say blessed. We are called to be a blessing. We are called as men to be a blessing to our families, to our mates, to our children, our grandchildren, to our extended family, the body of Christ. We're called to be a blessing. He blessed them. And God said, go do this, be fruitful and multiply. That also means be fruitful and multiply the goodness of God, telling the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many's, got, how many's learned something of God in a relatively relational, but yet relatively full of revelation form? How many's already learned something in the last two months that's freed your life to some degree in an area? You see a victory, you see a freedom. You know God gives us those things to pass them on to help others be freed, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. He said, God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. And again, subdue it. There's that authority. There's that submission. There's that dominion we're to have in Christ. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. So God created man to be an oversight. He created man to be the leader. He created man to be the lover. He created man to be the provider. So he's not confused on a male and a female, husband and a wife. They're here to fill the earth, be fruitful, multiply. Let me just throw this in here. You know Pastor Pat likes to read a lot of data, and some of it's relative, some of it's not. This is the lowest time in the last three decades that we're having babies in America. Lowest time in 30 years we're having actual births in America. The devil doesn't want babies to get here. And right now there's a move of God across this nation to wipe out the evilness of abortion. How many say amen? And see babies come into fruition and fulfill their purpose in this life. But right now there, there are reasons and peoples and graces that we need to understand on God wants us to be fruitful and have babies. Now it is a personal decision. And, uh, you know, if you, if you decide not to have babies, that's between you and God. I'm not here saying that. But I want to tell you something. Big family started with God. God is the author of family. He's the author of boys and girls, brothers and sisters. And I just want to encourage you. He said, have dominion, fill and be multiplying, be fruitful, and then have dominion and have oversight of it. So the man we're to lead, we're to instruct our children, in association with our wives, we are to develop a God-type relationship of who he is to his body and who we are to our wife and our children. Now, the role of the father started in the garden. There was a problem. Adam made a mistake and sinned. He lost his authority in the earth. The devil got the authority through deception. Jesus come, the second Adam, that we might get it back. How many's glad for that? We have the same authority Adam had in the garden, men and women. We have that today. 
through our relationship with Jesus Christ. We have authority and dominion in this earth and with and through our family. God's role has not changed for mankind. God's directions and instructions on how to be successful as a father and a man are still in his instruction manual, the Bible, his word. I want to read just a couple quotes here, and it kind of I think it'll just peck your interest today just a little bit. Peek it, maybe stir it up. A small boy's definition of Father's Day. A little boy's definition of Father's Day. It's just like Mother's Day, only you don't spend as much on Dad. That's a pretty good quote. So, the definition of a father, a father's love is, a father is a man who carries pictures in his wallet or on his phone now where his money used to be. Amen. Now, how many, I, I, just, I, want, I want all of our fathers to stand up right now. Just stand up. Please, stand up. All of our fathers. If you're a father, if you need help in answering that, we'll work with you. But amen. All of our fathers. How many can honestly say that when your children need something, you try to fulfill that purpose? How many can honestly say, boys or girls, uh, how many have girls? Raise your hand if you have daughters. How many can honestly say they can get the money from you before they even get to you? How many say Amen. How many knows being a father is one of the greatest responsibilities and greatest pleasures in this earth? How many knows we're going to answer to Jesus on how we trained our children? And how many knows it's about generations and generations and generations to come? So turn, turn to everybody, just lift your hands toward our fathers and say, bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Praise God. All right. Now turn with me to uh, Genesis chapter 12. God put a man and woman together to build a family. They're equipped to raise the children and send them out into the world full of opportunities and obstacles. We're going to be dealing with problems, but praise God, God has given us the authority and the ability to be overcomers. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers us out of them all. Aren't you glad? But it's a process. What things are meant for evil, God will turn into good. Let me say this again. What is meant for evil... What becomes a test to you or me can eventually become a testimony to others to see the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, and what God has desired for our lives. Together, man and a woman are equipped to come together to build a family, to raise the children, to accomplish what God has put into their heart. Now, women are different than men. Women, how many can say you believe you're different than men? Not just in physiology. I mean, I'm talking about the way you think the way you act, the way you process things. Women are corner sweepers. Corner sweepers clean out the corners of things. They don't like anything left in the corner. Men are happy just to have an open spot in the middle of the floor with a chair, something to eat, maybe look at the TV. Women like to cover everything, like to have the details, their great administration usually, and structure and so forth. But let me just, let me just throw four things out to you today about a woman that comes equipped supernaturally by God that a man doesn't necessarily come equipped with. Number one, ladies. God created women with an unconditional love for their children and hopefully their mate, but especially their children. Amen? Has anyone ever got between a child and a woman and that woman thinks you have done wrong to her child? Has anybody ever seen a basketball game stop and a referee call the game stop because a mom comes out on the floor having a hissy fit? Has anyone ever been involved in any of those things because a woman has a God-given, unconditional love for her children and hopefully develops that for her, 
her husband. Number two, a woman comes loaded as a whole with extreme patience. Extreme patience built in. Because how many of those, if you raise children, how many of those children don't always do what you ask them to do? How many of those children, uh, sometimes they want to know the complete definition before they react? And how many of those children come with one of the first words they ever say is not dad, dad, mama, it's no. So, but women are loaded, preloaded from heaven with this unconditional love, with extreme patience. And the Bible says God's patience, let it have its perfect work. So God's patience is going to work through a woman in many ways in marriage. The truth is, women as a whole are a glue in a lot of marriages because they put up with stuff, they stand their ground. And I'm telling you, when a woman stands her ground in the realm of the Spirit, something's going to move. The only thing better is when a woman and a man stand together and do it as a couple. So women come with this unconditional love, this extreme patience, and they come as a whole usually with a deep pain of self-sacrifice. They'll sacrifice anything they have to make sure their children are taken care of. They'll sacrifice anything they have as godly women to make sure their husband is honored and respected and the home is blessed. They'll do whatever they can to make sure that thing's going to be a place of safety, a place of peace, and so forth. And number four, they come with a nurturing ability. They're nurturers. They heal. They restore. They bring things back to life. You know, I don't know why it's been years since I've done this, but yesterday I did something I haven't done in years, and I'm not going to confess some sin. So, I mean, someone said, I know pastor sins once in a while. Yeah, pastor sins. We all sin. How many say amen? Everybody say pray for pastor. Amen. I moved a turtle out of the road. I moved a baby snapping turtle out of the road because on our road, on 355, you watch for three things, dump trucks, dump trucks, and dump trucks. How many say amen? And man, they, they get paid by the ton, and they're rolling. That little turtle is about this far from getting there, and I thought, you know, I'm busy, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do that. Actually, I was mowing the yard, and sometimes my mower won't restart well. And I'm just, I just heard this thought in my mind, well, if I stop my mower, I'll never get it started again. But I looked at that little turtle, and he looked at me, and I'm thinking, you're no match for a dump truck. How many say amen? So I stopped and picked him up and set him over in the grass, and that's the last I saw of my turtle. My point is, I don't know why I told that, but it seemed to be good. But anyway, <laughs> being patient and being a nurturer and being what God called us to be as well. Now, man is different. Man wants to go kill something and drag it home and get affirmed. Whether it's a paycheck or whether it's a deer or whether whatever you've done, man wants to drag it home and be affirmed by the, the, the mom, by the wife, all those things. Man sometimes can be a little self-centered. How many can say men, women? Man can be a little bit slow to mature at times. We can lose our focus. But God called man to be a leader. That's why there's a tremendous challenge on us to grow, to grow spiritually, to move forward. Let me just say this. A man that physically is healthy can father a child. If a man is physically healthy with all the physical attributes, he can father a child. And even at a younger age of what manhood looks like, but just because a man can father a child does not mean he's a daddy. There's a difference between being a father and a daddy. The Bible says we call our father Abba Father. That means daddy. He's our daddy. And until we understand how much unconditionally God loves us, it's hard for us to pass on love to our children and our grandchildren the way God wants us to. Maybe, again, you had a hard time as a child. 
Maybe there was abuse. How many remembers the song I Can Only Imagine? How many remembers the young man that wrote the song? The movie was out last year named Bart. And the kid was beaten. Beaten as a child. Neglected as a child. Made fun of. And to a point that his mother left him at a young age with her, with her, her husband. Left him. Took off. Couldn't take it anymore. And that child found Jesus at a young age. And that child would lay in his bed and pray. And that child saw his dad who contacted, contracted cancer later on in his life. He saw his dad begin to change. He saw his dad start listening to preaching of the good news of Jesus Christ. He saw his dad go from a monster to the greatest man of God he knew. And then at the funeral, when Bart's dad, they were doing the funeral, Bart's mother leaned over to her grandson and said, I can only imagine what your daddy's seeing now. And that's where that song came from. As a matter of fact, that song is the number one Christian song in numbers of played ever. I can only imagine. How many's looking forward to heaven? All right, how many's got fathers in heaven right now? I want to talk to you just a second. That includes me. If you have a father in heaven, I want to speak to you right now. I want you, because your father in heaven is more alive than we are. I want you to pick out two things that your daddy put in you, grace of God to put in you right now, and I want you to focus on those things. Maybe it was an honor and a respect for God. Maybe it was a strong work ethic. Maybe it was mercy, always wanting to help other people. Maybe he, he taught you how, how to love your wife. Maybe he loved your mother the way God wanted us to love our wives. And I want you just to close your eyes if your father's in heaven. And I want to pray for you this morning. Father God, I thank you today for all of those here today whose fathers are in heaven. And Father, we thank you for the, the seed they sown and the tracks they laid, and we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. And Father, we thank you they're ahead of us. They're in front of us. And we thank you we're going to see them soon. And we thank you, Lord, for what they've given us in grace. Now, Father, if there's anything they've done that hurt us, we felt abuse or left out or neglected or rejected, we forgive them. We release that forgiveness today and we walk in a peace and a grace that belongs to us. And everybody said amen. Let's look at Genesis chapter 12 and let's talk about being a father. You could be the one that changes generations to the future. You could be the turning point, the corner post. Maybe prior in your family, no one lived for God, served God, or maybe... Maybe they just gave in to stuff we all give in to, generational messes and curses that the power of Jesus has broken. I come from alcoholism. Both sides of my family, alcoholism, alcoholics. And it's not a disease. Let me say it again. Alcoholism is not a disease. Drug addiction is not a disease. It is a choice. It is a choice of broken people doing broken things to try to heal something. How many say amen? And, but I come from that. But you know, when my mom got filled with the Holy Spirit, she began to draw a line in the sand speaking over me, my brother, and my sister. And she began to say, that's not going to cross this bloodline of Jesus Christ. And that power and authority, you might be the turning point in your life where marriages make it. You might be the turning point in your life where disease begins to stop. You might be the turning point that you've got to move on with the graces of God. How many say amen? And I want to tell you something about being a, a father. I found out this. There's a fight. 
There's a fight to being a father. From the time you're married to the time you have children, how many knows there's a fight going on? You know, the Bible says if the enemy can smite the shepherd, he can scatter what? So we always throw that into the pastor. And that's a true statement. I like to take it a step further. If the enemy can smite the father of the home, the kids can be scattered. And let me say this to you too. If your kids are scattered, don't give in to that they won't come back to God. If your kids are running, don't give in they won't come back to God. God lost his whole nation two or three times and the great results of many of them came back. I want to encourage you today not to give up and not to give in and I want to encourage you as a father today, as a man today, to get your fight on. All of us to get our fight on for our marriage, for our children, our grandchildren. And we fight the good fight of what? Faith. We fight the good fight of faith and that always results in a win. I want you to look at this with me today, a man who followed God and did some very extraordinary things. Chapter 12 of Genesis, if you turn there with me. Verse 1, chapter 12 of Genesis, verse 1. The Lord God said to Abram, get out of your country from your family. How many knows that's pretty strong words? And he said, get out from your father's house. Now, he didn't tell him not to love, not to respect, not to care for his father. He basically said, I want you to move. You might be the first to move your cultural needle. You might be the first to move from hearing about God, serving God part-time, to serving God with all of your, your heart and with all of your house. He said, and I'll show you a land I will show you. Fact is, I know from beginning to end what's going to happen. Faith is, I'm going to move when God says move. I'm going to do what God says do, no matter how it looks, no matter how it feels, no matter how it sounds. And listen to what God promised him. If you get out of your country, matter of fact, his dad, his dad was an idol maker. They were very wealthy, and uh, they were doing real well. And God spoke to him, get out of this, bring your wife, and I want you to move with me. And he says, I'll make you a great nation. Look at what God promises when we make the decision to be the fighter, to be the lover, to be the leader God has called us to do. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. How many wants to be blessed by God? Amen. Well, we're already operating in blessing. How many like to be blessed to a degree that people notice the change in your life? All in the Bible, God changed people's names. He took them from a place to a place and changed their names and their personalities and their graces. It's amazing what God did. And in this case, he did the same thing with Abram. He starts as Abram, but he ends as Abraham. He says, I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. Isn't that what everybody wants, to be known, to be famous for something? Isn't that what we all want, to make a stand? And he says, I'll do that if you'll do what I ask you to do. And he said, you'll be a, you should be a blessing. How many wants to be a blessing? I was with a young man last night, and his mother just passed away. He's not, well, he's younger than me. He's in his 40s. His mother just passed away, and he's got to go to Colorado for a funeral. And all of his family's going to gather in, and he's the most prosperous one in his family, and he felt the pressure on doing this and doing that for his family. And I just encouraged him, said, do what's in your heart. They made some decisions along the way that keeps counteracting the goodness of God. Uh, do what's on your heart. You know, you've got to do what's on your heart and follow your heart. And, and the, Bible, the Bible teaches us, says, God will make your name great. He'll bless, I will bless those who bless you. Turn your neighbor right now and say, I bless you in Jesus' name. Everybody do that. 
Because God wants to bless them. He wants to bless you. He said, I'll curse them who curses you. And in all the families of the earth shall be blessed to you. Verse 4, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken. Abram departed as the Lord had spoken. Look, guys, this is, everybody look up just a second. This is a journey. This is a process. Every day is an opportunity to trust God, to live for Him, to grow, to mature, to learn from our mistakes. And I want to tell you, it is a process, and I'm telling you, God has great things ahead. Listen to what Micah 6.8 says. So how do we move ahead as men and as and it's following God as fathers. And how do we do this? It says, Micah chapter 6, verse 8 says, He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Three things. But to do justly. Be just. Be fair. Be honorable. Number two, to love mercy. How many loves mercy? How many loves to receive mercy? And to walk humbly with your God. He says to walk humbly with your God. A godly father loves God and shows that to his children. A godly father wants his children to see that he loves God. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Men, if we have a right relationship with God, it's going to seep down to our children and grandchildren. And how can we really relate and love people if we're not understanding how much Father God loves us? Number two, a godly father loves his wife. Now, in most cases, men think loving wives built around emotions and physical attraction and sex. That's part of love, but that's not all of love. Ephesians 5, 25 through 33 basically tells us the roles of a man and a woman. And it has more instruction, I don't have time, it's more instruction for the man than it does the woman. The woman is built to basically come alongside, to work with and lead, but to follow the man's direction spiritually in the household. When we don't do that, it causes disruption. And it puts the woman in a place she's not built to be, and that is to lead full-time in the place of the husband spiritually who won't. I grew up in a community where there were very strong Christian men, but most of the things happened in our church 12 miles up the road were driven by women. And that's one reason I have such an affinity for women, spiritual women. And there's been strong spiritual women in my life, my entire life, some strong spiritual men. Um... Is mom here? I don't, where is mom? Mom, she won't care, but um, anyway, she, she's too late for trying to get me shut up now. It's been 35 years, but anyway. There were two occasions in my life where mom had a come to Jesus meeting with my dad. Now, up to that point, my dad was Superman, John Wayne, Moses, and Ben-Hur wrapped into one. But when mom in love had these come to Jesus meetings, I remember one of them real, real, real clearly. She said, Charlie, I love you more than anything on this earth. And she paused. I'm sitting there bug-eyed and big. I'm, I'm little. Dooley's really little. My sister's not here. And I'm thinking, where's this going? And Daddy, he's listening and leaning in. She said, I love you more than anything on this earth. But Jesus comes first. As for me and my house, I'm thinking, she's quoting Joshua. As for me and those two boys, we're going to be in church on Sunday. And I would ask you to come. She might even use the old English word, behoove you to come. (laughs) And I saw my dad listen to my mother and open up his heart. Let me tell you what happened a few years down the road. My dad got filled with the Holy Ghost. And my dad began to lead our house in prayer, lead our house in Bible study. And I was a grown, grown kid then. I mean, he began to lead us. My daddy finished strong in the things of the Spirit. 
If he was here, he'd tell you there's nothing better than to get it right. How many say amen? Men, it's never too late to start. It's never too late to begin. It's never too late to change. A godly father loves and respects and honors his wife, honors her, guides her, and provides for her. And sons see that. Number three, a godly father loves his children. And love is more than provision, material things. We live in a society that throws money at our kids. Throws money at our kids. Well, I work hard. I work overtime. Listen, I've been around this stuff 35 years. I've looked into many holes, and I've seen many caskets go on the ground. I've been by bedsides when people are passing. I have never heard one person say, I wish I'd done more overtime. I wish I'd been at the office more. I wish I'd had one more field of tobacco. I've never heard anybody say that, but I've heard people say this. God, I wish I'd spent more time with my kids. God, I wish I'd got a hold of my grandkids more. God, it's relationships. Let me say amen. And listen, guys, we get one shot at this thing, and you know how children measure love, not necessarily by what you can do for them, but the time you give them. Time is money to children and grandchildren. And listen, they, they interpret time spent as the, the grace and the love, so don't get quality time and quantity time all mixed up. Number four, a godly father is a man of integrity. Word is their bond. Do, they do justly. They walk uprightly. They honest days work. They fulfill promises, obligations. I want to tell you right now, I failed in some of these areas. I want to encourage you today, if you failed in some of these areas, as I'm sure you have, it's a good day to forgive yourself. If you did some things wrong raising children, it's a good day to forgive yourself and start right now and, and pick it up right now and ask God to help you. And God's a restorer. He's a redeemer. He'll heal those things in your children. You say, my children are so far. All it takes is one whisper by the Holy Ghost through someone they don't know and they will be calling you, texting you, getting on a plane and coming and seeing you in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't give up on your children or your grandchildren. Number five, a godly father is a role model of God. Our image of Father God nowadays is, is that we're going to live for him. Over 50% of the children grow up without a father in the house. Um, again, a story on my dad. We'd come in at dinner, dinner time. That's lunch to most people, but dinner on the farm. And we'd watch the news, get the weather to see what's going on. And we'd come in, whatever we were doing. And Channel 3, we always watch Wave Channel 3. How many watch Wave Channel 3 and see what they'd say? How many grew up with the radio with Barney Arnold? He'd tell us whether to cut hay or not. Anyway, and all the time there'd be people in Louisville shooting and killing at night. All kinds of altercations, all kinds of stuff. And Dad would say the same thing. If I had them, he'd look at Mom, he'd say, I know if I had them, they wouldn't be doing that. And Mom says, how do you know they wouldn't be doing that? He said, I'd work them till their tongues hung out. They'd sleep all night. How many say amen? So I'd jump in there. I guess the pastor in me was jumping in there then. I said, Daddy, listen. I'm not taking up for what they've done. But you know what? They, most of them don't have no daddy. They don't have a, a daddy, a father figure. They don't have someone to help them and give them instruction parameters. And they're running wild. And he said, I didn't understand that, but he said, I still think work would help. How many say amen? And we all need a purpose. And, and we can trust Father God. Even if you couldn't trust your physical father, you can trust Father God and you can forgive those. And, and as a close today, as God chased Abram to Abraham, the father of many nations, God changed Jacob's name, who was a deceiver and, and a manipulator to Israel, who represents the Redeemer in Christ. God changed Saul, who was legalistic, into Paul, who gave us the New Testament. God changed Simon, 
who was filled with anger and hatred, to Peter, who became a rock. The list goes on. And I want to close out this service praying for all fathers today. And I want you to come up here right now. And uh, Cody, if you could put on some music or come up here and play. I just want all fathers to come up here. I want to pray. Brooke and I want to pray for you. And uh, I just want everybody to agree today this is a breakout. This is, you know, I want you to see that there's a fight on the inside of you today to finish this thing well. What God starts, he's going to finish. We're not going to look behind. We're going to finish in faith. Faith pleases God. You're going to finish well. Finish well. Amen. All fathers up here, just stand on the line. All fathers. All fathers. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And I, I just, I just want to bring out the oil. Praise God. All fathers, just begin, as Cody begins to, to play, just begin to worship the Lord and thank him. Thank him. All fathers, just a place here. Thank you, Lord. Let's just all stand. Praise God. I want to pray for the rest of the men out there. You might not be fathers yet. Or maybe you've never been a father, but you're, you're a father to someone, potentially. And there's people you're leading. I want to pray over you. Father God, for all of those today that are going to have babies, or they're going to have people assigned to them as babies, spiritual babies, Father, I speak a grace on them today. I thank you for a fight on the inside of them. Like as we said last week, we have to fight and release the fight against the darkness. We have to proclaim the name of Jesus and live to the best of our ability by the power of the Holy Ghost. So, Father, I thank you for a maturity and a growing up in all of us. I thank you for a focusing on our hearts as leaders to move forward. And, Father, I give you praise for that today. And I thank you they will fulfill their purpose. And for all our ladies, we thank you for being a blessing and being faithful and patient and long-suffering and nurturing and full of care and giving and sometimes waiting on your, your men to grow, but encouraging them. And lastly, for those here today who you said in your heart, I wish my husband was here. I wish my husband was here. I wish my grandfather was here. Father, I thank you for ministering to all of those who are not here for whatever reason that the Spirit of God would lead them and challenge them. And we as a church would make the church more attractive to men. The church is not just women. It is men and women. And Father God, the church would be attractive to men. That This is about men and women multiplying, taking dominion, being fruitful, taking their place in the kingdom. And we declare no weapon formed against these. These men will continue to prosper. And we call them in into this place by the end of the year in Jesus' name. We call them home. We call them in. We call them healed. We call them restored. And we give you praise today. Every head bowed. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, you know what? I, I just need you to pray for me. I'm not sure I'm right with God. Or you know exactly that you're not right with the Lord. And God loves you. Like the prodigal son, the, the story of that, that thing was the father was looking for him all the time. Father, God's looking for us all the time. He's looking for us to come to our senses and repent and come home. He, Father God's like the good Samaritan. He's looking in the ditch all the time. If that's you today and you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I will not embarrass you. Pray for me before we leave to be saved, to come back to the Lord. If that's you today, just slip up your hand. That's me. Thank you. That's me. If that's you, just say, this is my day. Let's all say it out loud. Just repeat after me. Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for paying my price on that cross. I ask you into my heart. I confess you as my Lord 
from this day forward, I will follow you and serve you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Thank you, Lord.